0: Today on Run With Horses, Susan has joined me again, and we're going to talk about her CNA training and a few lessons that might apply to us as disciples of Jesus. Welcome to Run With Horses. Thanks for joining me. My goal is to help you thrive as a follower of Jesus. So my name's Norman, and I am so glad that you let me join you on your spiritual journey. Oh well, thanks for joining me again today, Susan.
1: Yes, it's been a while.
0: It has been. You've been a little busy.
1: I have.
0: So what have you been doing that's been keeping you so busy? I think this is what we talked about last time.
1: Right. Um, well, there's the summer class of nursing assistant training that I'm undergoing in order to help care for my mom in her older years. So, yeah, it's been pretty intense. A lot of homework, a lot of learning of skills and things to remember, tests to take. It's kind of been exciting in a way because I haven't really learned anything new like this in a long time. So it's been a sort of invigorating for me. Yeah,
0: it's like going back to school.
1: Yeah, it really is.
0: And I think it was interesting you said all the kids, they're like kids, they're like the age of our kids, all the people who are taking this. So you're like the mom of the group. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, it's good to keep your mind agile and fresh Mm -hmm. and keep learning things. So, you know, that's always good. Um, just broadly speaking, in general, what's something that you have learned in this time that would apply to your spiritual life? I mean, not not our topic for the day, but anything else that you might might want to add?
1: Well hmm. I mean it's been interesting to be back in a classroom and that kind of atmosphere, like all these young of the students are so young and they're very, I don't know if it's timid and shy and don't want to respond. But I mean, the teacher asks a question and they'll just sit there and I'm like probably most of them know the answer, but they're not willing to stand up and say it. So I don't have those inhibitions. So I end up raising my hand and doing it. But then over time you think, oh, I shouldn't really answer all the questions because then, you know, that's, taken away from them, and then eventually the teacher would call on one specifically. But I don't know, just that whole group dynamic thing. I've been kind of away from especially American group dynamics, so um, not really knowing what that is like, but being aware of other people and their tendencies and um, just how to work together with people and not annoy them too much.
0: (laughs) And particularly a lot of people who are down to like 16 or 17, you said, and early twenties, so it's a different group of people than what we've been working with the last twenty years in Japan. So that would be hard to go back to high school and college age. Yeah. Relational dynamics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then a topic that you're not necessarily familiar with either. It's a big a big jump. So but I I can see how that would be invigorating and mm-hmm. interesting. You know, keeps your mind engaged. And also it's something you can see is directly applicable in the near future. So.
1: Right. And we've been going to the actual nursing home now, and that's just fascinating to me because, you know, you, you visit a nursing home, but you don't really know stuff that's going on behind the scenes. And so now I have a view into that and just like, why are you doing this or why what is the purpose of that or different things? It's just, it's very interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know our church when I was in, junior high, high school, went to a nursing home once a month and had a service on a Saturday night. And it was always a little bit interesting because you, we'd walk in, but you just kind of walk down the hall and you see little glimpses of life going on in the rooms and little alcoves around. But we walked down into the main meeting area and people would come in, but we didn't really, we got to know individual people who came. But you didn't really see what their life was like. Mm-hmm. There was no one that was related to us or anybody in the church that I knew of. Mm-hmm. So it was a very different experience to go, and you're, you're able to talk to people and, and hopefully be an encouragement, but very different than what you're doing and going and seeing this is what daily life is. I mean, we didn't see anything related to their, their normal weekly life.
1: Yeah, and I know going to nursing homes before, you just kind of have this dread almost. You walk in, especially when there's a lot of people who don't have all their faculties, you know, they're just kind of banging their trays or making noises, and you're just like, oh, I don't want to be here. But going there and in this position, you know, we're getting to see everybody in the whole place and you get to know them, and that just changes a lot because. You see, this is the same person I saw last week. And some of them do have all their faculties, you know, and they're very sharp and they talk Mm. to you and they're thankful that you're kind to them. And I don't know, it's it's just kind of a different feeling. And it it made me think, I think I could work in a place like this and really get to know the people. Because even after just two times of being there, I feel like I've gotten to know people
0: yeah, I was surprised at how young some of the people are. And you said there's a guy that was in his 60s and he was uh, paralyzed. So I mean, that's one reason why he's there. Mm-hmm. But um, still sharp and just think, mm-hmm. wow, he could potentially be there for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. And how sad it would be if you didn't have people that visited and if you didn't have kind people around you mm-hmm. and working with you. So yeah, I can see that's a valuable ministry, really. But
1: Yeah, it helps me to... See, I think one of my spiritual gifts is that gift of helping, and I have that desire to make people's lives a little easier, so it's kind of a good fit for me, too, in that mm-hmm. respect.
0: That's yeah. Yeah, interesting, and this is not something that we ever guessed that God would bring our way, so no.
1: No. very,
0: very interesting. Mm-hmm. So today, we were thinking, well, as we were taking our walk yesterday, you were sharing a little bit about how you have your classroom time where you're getting lectures and you're read, reading tons of chapters and books and you have videos and you have all this information. And then you even have a practice area where you're practicing these things like on a dummy and you have a bed and stuff there so you can... call called a mannequin, but... Mannequin, whatever. <laughs> it's a dummy. <laughs> it's a crash test dummy in case you guys <laughs> fail. <laughs> drop him. <laughs> um, and then practicing some things on each other. So in that context, you guys learn what to do and remember to do it. But then it's interesting that you said when you went to the nursing home that it's like all that went out the window and it's just such a different environment and they're real people. I can see how that would be a challenge, but mm-hmm. um, share a little bit about that. I mean, that was kind of interesting.
1: It well, sounds like you just shared it all. But
0: <laughs> Well, I mean, why is it? Do you think it's that way? I mean, what's the disconnect? There?
1: Well, I mean, we are in the class and our, one of the main goals is to pass the state test. So, you know, there are certain things you just have to do. So the teachers, you know, making sure we know how to pass this test. But in the real world, you know, it, you don't have time. If you're two people to take care of 40 people, you um, You know, you can't follow every single step. And I've served, they also have done this for years, so they go through them quicker. Or maybe they're doing it in their head and we just don't stop and think. And it takes us forever to, like, okay, I didn't, you know, give them privacy or I didn't put my gloves on or whatever. But, um, yeah, so I'm sure they do have to cut corners some, but... I think just the totally different context and having real live people that are really needing care um, is very distracting. Um, you're taking everything in, and it's you know it's not that sterile environment in the classroom, so mm-hmm. it just changes my perspective. Or you know, it's like mm-hmm. hard to do those same things you learned in this context.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the interesting thing and that. I don't know if you brought it up or if I did yesterday, but it's, it seems like it's like that in the church sometimes. We learn lots of things, whether it's from a sermon or a Christian book or a video or a Sunday school class, but then we struggle to apply it in daily life. Like we know it if on paper, mm-hmm. <laughs> in the right context, we can give the right answers, but then we struggle to to answer it correctly as we live it throughout the week. Mm-hmm. And then the struggle then, and this is always the case for any, anybody who's following Christ, anybody who's part of the church and really wants to do well, well, how do you do that? And one of the things that you said their class did is something I think that we're missing often. You said that they kind of did a debrief.
1: Right. So um, after we went to the nursing home for the first shift of six or seven hours, um, the teacher took us all into one room and talked about stuff and things that she noticed. And we could ask questions and things. But um, through talking about it, like, how did it go? Did you remember to do this? And we're like, oh, no, I forgot about that. It's kind of a debriefing period where you can step back and say, how did what I learned and all of those skills, how did that come across or did I remember to bring that into this new context? And I mean, I didn't even realize that it just seems so different from the classroom that you don't even think about, oh, I didn't do any of those steps. It was like, that's separate, that's compartmentalized over there. And now I'm over here. So we just do what they do here. And I don't know, it was just, it's very different. But by talking about it afterwards, it helped bring the theory and the right way of doing things back into focus and to remind you, hey, we still need to do some of these things while we're here.
0: So have you had another shift after that first yeah. debriefing? Thursday. Thursday. So we'll get to see if the debriefing helps you to apply it yeah. when you go back into that environment again. But that is something that I think we miss in the In the church context, where we learned the truth, we learned facts, and I think most people, if they 're part of a church community for long enough, several years, they do pick up all the right lingo and they know the right answers to the questions, but there 's still a disconnect we seem to struggle throughout the week to bring that into our life and one of the things that 's missing is that debriefing we don 't often in a small enough group that the pastor may ask, how are you doing with these things? But it's in front of the whole church. It's a little different than a smaller group saying, did you remember this? How are you doing in this? And expecting an answer and and being able to ask the questions. Well, it seems different because I can see how you have a mannequin and you have your bed in your classroom, but you're in a a person's room and maybe the, the layout's different, the room sizes, and there's other stuff there that might be in the way. So I can see you have questions like, well, I did think of it, but this was in the way and I wasn't sure what to do. Okay. That's one of the mm-hmm. the debriefing. Practical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's in in practice, how do you really do this when you have life and a real person who may not agree that it's time to do that and is insistent that other things are mm-hmm. urgent and so to bring that into the the life of a disciple, you know, we do need that that time of thinking about where we are, what we know, and how does what we know work in my situation, which is different than somebody else's even. Right. And I could see how some of the things are similar. I know there are the home health nurses that go, but some of those things, there's, they're similar, but it's a completely different context. Right. So how do you apply it? in a changing context even mm-hmm. at least in a nursing home the rooms are similar-ish people can mm-hmm. still have freedom to make them homey so there's mm-hmm. going to be variation but not as much as there would be going to different homes so mm-hmm. I can see how in that context of healthcare mm-hmm. you have basics you need to cover and you need to be able to do it in different environments it's, and that's true for us every one of us has different relationships we have different um, flows of our week but how do you bring the truth of the gospel, and have Christ as the center in my life, in my daily flow, in my relationships. Mm -hmm. And we need that debriefing.
1: Yeah, I was thinking of just a simple example of something in my own life. Um, When I was just at that point where I needed to take a step farther, I needed to grow a little more, take on some new responsibilities. And um, Dottie Hatfield was uh, saying, hey, why don't you come join me while I'm having this Bible study with an international student? So that was a time kind of like that classroom period where I'm sitting, I'm watching her teach a student a Bible lesson, evangelistic, and she used her own materials and I watched as they interacted and thinking, whew, I'm not sure I could do that. But, you know, I was kind of just spectating. And then when it became the next student comes along and Dottie's like, hey, your turn. And I'm like, whoa. And it made me have a lot more questions. And it put me in a different context to say, OK, now I need to know what material should I use. What do I say when they say this? And it I brings up all kinds of new questions. Mm-hmm. And it's really practical and important for me to know. I mean, it's one thing to watch somebody else do it or to practice in, in you know, a sterile environment. But when you actually are doing the work, then you have different questions and you need mm-hmm. somebody to ask about those things and find out answers for that. But it makes it a lot more personal. You're very more invested in wanting to know these answers. I mean, you don't even have those questions before you mm-hmm. actually try to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of what I was thinking is kind of similar in my CNA and the discipleship different Mm -hmm. arenas. But also, I know, in our own life together, I feel like we have this kind of debriefing constantly, where, you know, something happens, or, um, somebody says something and I take it personally or, you know, just different things happen throughout life. And we talk about why am I feeling this way or how should I respond when somebody does that? And I feel like, isn't that sort of like a debriefing?
0: Yeah. Type? I think every couple should have that. And even beyond the couple, it's one reason I think in the church, we lead, we need more relationships where there is a small men's group or you have one-on-one uh, accountability you have somebody that you have that ongoing with. And some things, you know, we talk about everything, and I think that's ideal, but a lot of men don't have that, whether they don't have a wife that will listen or they're not married. And a lot of women, you know, if they're single or you don't have the spouse that's saved, I mean, there's all these kind of differences where everyone still needs that. So how do we provide that? I think one of the things we need to consider is, the value of small groups, one-on-one relationships, but have that person who you are able to talk through everything with mm-hmm. and say, hey, I, I struggled with this. I'm not sure I did the right thing. And it's already done. So you can't change it. But you still, that process of talking through it, you go, know, yeah, okay, next time that I have something like that, maybe I have a better handle on how I should be. Approaching it, other things it's coming, and you know this is coming, and you know you 've struggled with this in the past, mm-hmm. and you didn't get to debrief, so hey, this is coming up again, I need to find somebody and talk through this, and that 's maybe something that we need to seek out if we don't have those natural relationships mm-hmm. but the other thing I wanted to kind of think about real quick one of the nice things about the way you 're doing this you learn this you learn the theory, so they started with. I think you said two weeks of books and videos where you're just getting theory. Right. And then you had your first class and you get a little bit of hands-on with a mannequin, with an actual bed, with actual the stuff you're going to be using. Mm-hmm. And then you have several practice sessions like that before you finally end up actually in a nursing home where this is the real deal. This right. is a real person and this is an actual need that they have. So you're actually doing it. Mm-hmm. But you're also under the eye of someone else. So you're doing it, but you're not completely responsible to mm-hmm. for everything. Right. And I think that's, that progression is something mm-hmm. that is the process of disciple making done well. And the church does well with the facts. So we do great with here's the books and videos and sermons and lessons and all that. Here's all the truth. But I haven't seen a lot of Churches and a lot of groups that do really well with. Okay, now here's the classroom setting. We're not going to take the theory and I'm going to teach you or give you the practical skills, even to teach a Sunday school class. A lot of Sunday school classes don't get a single lesson on how to teach one. They give, are given a book mm-hmm. and saying, "Good luck." Good luck. <laughs> You've been in a Sunday school class. You know how this works, and that's your instruction. Okay, that's a little different than having somebody saying, "Okay, what are some uh, ways of?" teaching truth of helping people remember things of interacting in the class of if you have a young enough class of keeping control of the class and keeping people's attention and you know keeping the the important information interesting and all those kind of things and then also have the next step where like in my life the next step was done with co-teaching a class with someone where I really I did have a chance to teach but the guy who taught me to teach was still in the class and would do debriefing after and it was the it was the full-on class. So, and he did meet me and another, um, at the time I was a college student, me and another student, and taught us some basics of teaching. So he kind of did that classroom. But I don't think everybody gets that. And we should carry that out to all of the things that we see a follower of Christ doing, whether it's evangelism or disciple-making just in general. Um, it's something worth thinking about. How can we take the truth we have and help people to live it out how can we teach them in a classroom setting where you can ask your questions and learn and practice and figure it out and then where is that setting where it is kind of like that halfway point where you're doing the real work but under the watchful eye of someone who makes sure that they see your mistakes and can help you fix them mm-hmm. and also you don't feel like i have all the responsibility and if i fail this you know somebody's going to die yeah <laughs> so that, that halfway point is i think mm-hmm. important too and i don't i don't know exactly how You do that in every context, but I think it's something we should consider and think about.
1: Right. I think if you're not a pastor or a pastor's wife, I think so many people would feel like, oh, well, I can't be the one to look over somebody else's shoulder because who am I? I don't have that authority, or you know, I don't want to take that responsibility, or they don't. The other person maybe doesn't want that, or you know, I don't don't even want to suggest doing that Mm -hmm. because maybe they'll feel like I feel like I'm better than you, or. You know, there's a lot of that going behind the scenes, perhaps. Yeah.
0: Well, and that's part of we don't have the culture of disciple making in most churches. We have a handful of people. I I think the the numbers are already people are familiar with. They say like 10% of the church does most of the work, Mm -hmm. maybe up to 20% a really good church. So we're familiar with this concept that that's a handful of people that do most everything. And they're the only ones we feel like are qualified to do everything. So part of disciple-making is recognizing that we need more people to be willing to take some responsibility, willing to be trained, and that we need to train them so that they are able to understand. It's, it's not even that that person who is teaching even your class, they don't make the laws and set the standards and all that kind of stuff. They're following what other people have done, but they've been coached and taught and done it so that they're comfortable that they know what you guys need to know at your level. Mm -hmm. You don't know what they need to know at their level, and that's okay. They're not training you for their level. They're training you for your level, but they've gone past that uh, and learned other things and have agreed to take on that responsibility. And that's kind of that disciple making. You start out as a, a spiritual infant child, immature, and you don't have a lot of responsibility, but you're invested in and taught and encouraged along the way and you begin to take some, but you're not given more than what you can handle and you're still given encouragement and Mm -hmm. um, still have responsibility to somebody else. Like I would guess that your teacher of your CNA class even, that she goes through training every so often as things change and there's new technology and all this kind of stuff. So she's not done. And I think that's that's part of that understanding is that we're not ever done and feel like, well, I'm, I'm the king and I can teach you everything, but I can teach you what I've learned so far. And I think that's that's sufficient and we should recognize that and yeah. embrace that.
1: Yeah, the attitude mm-hmm. is important.
0: So I guess we have a few more minutes today. I, I would be curious to hear your thoughts thinking about how this works in the CNA Training, and now having been in the nursing home and you kind of talked to some of the CNAs in the nursing home, do you have, based on going through this and also being familiar with the church setting, what are some thoughts about how this could be applied into the context we already have? So you have a traditional church that has Sunday school, Sunday morning, Wednesday night, at least that much. Mm -hmm. And we need the information which we have in spades, you know, we have basically most of what we do now is transferring the information. But the classroom setting, where you learn the practical skills, Mm -hmm. and then that follow-up where it's the halfway and and the debriefing, all that. Do you have any thoughts off the top of your head? How might we begin to think about applying that?
1: Well, maybe just an easy thing would be if... Just say, I mean, now is the time that people have VBSs and stuff like that, where you could encourage other people, say, hey, could you come and help with this? And you could give them some pointers or do it with them. And then at the end of the week, you could sit down and talk about it. Hey, how how do you think this went? What could we have done better? I mean, that's kind of a simple...
0: I wonder what percentage of churches debrief, like even a VBS, you think that'd be valuable, but my impression is, I've never heard of it, but I'm sure that some people do it. I wonder what percentage actually do something like that.
1: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. I think even like camp counselors, uh, some camps would bring people together at the beginning of the week or the day and say, oh, do you, who are some people we should pray for? Um, what are some things you're struggling with? Or, you know, just being able to have that place to. Mm -hmm. talk with the others who are also in a similar situation. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I I think several churches I've talked to, if you have several Sunday school classes, a natural group that is a good training ground would be the Sunday school teachers. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So I have thought for a while kind of in the way that you guys have your class where you're learning the practical skills before you actually go and try it, Mm -hmm. that there should be a Um, a group of Sunday school teachers and potential Sunday school teachers who have ongoing training. Mm -hmm. So you're learning some of the basics of of how you teach, what is the point, and kind of help people understand. It's not always getting through the book lesson, and some teachers just like you got to get through the book. Right. But the point is to help people grow spiritually, and really the The bottom line, as I would see it, is you're helping the teachers to be better shepherds. You want them to understand what that means, what does that look like, and it goes beyond even the class, but I think they'll need a lot of encouragement and motivation, and also just that understanding that 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 is part of our goal, that you learn to shepherd your class well. Mm -hmm. And if you combine your teachers and potential teachers, then some people are hearing this before they're really going to be ready to teach, but if you can put them in as assistant teachers and have them shadow the teacher for a while. It becomes kind of like you're working in the nursing home where you see the real people doing stuff that you're not ready to do yet. Or Mm -hmm. the main teacher is going to be gone and they do one week and then you debrief how did it go? Any problems? And you begin to do, it's not in the same way that you're Yours is very concentrated. You have a couple of weeks and you're doing all this in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. It'll be spread over months, if not years, of maybe you only get a class here and there. Right. But you don't have the responsibility for the whole whole semester, a whole year of teaching. You just have a few mm-hmm. times and you're able to graduate go, yeah, I can do this and mm-hmm. gain some skills and confidence and maybe even try different classes and say, hey, there probably are groups that you do better with mm-hmm. and communicate easier with than the ones you don't. It's probably a matter of learning how to how to communicate. But I think there are things like that if we're willing to consider if we if we really want to be growing and helping our church grow. Practically, I think sometimes we're not we're not applying the effort in the practical. We apply a lot of effort into theory and do we understand the truth, right. but not into into living it out. And I think that's the difference that I see with what you're doing.